0: Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back. And uh, getting together to wrap up another amazing, wonderful week of uh, togetherness and artos um, and growth as an island over here. And what better way to wrap it up than with our Thursday night Pradesh and here again with yet another award-winning challenge from our very own Rabbi Moskowitz. Thank you very much to Rabbi Aronson and company for setting up tonight's here. And let's get right down to business. Let's get into Parsha's Boy. And what we're going to do, we're going to look at something that's... Interesting thing, is not limited to boy by far, but it does pop up a lot in boy. It's already in B'erod, it's in Shemais, it's in Parsha's beyond B'ay. One of these things that's in the Torah that if we're not looking for... It it, it it passes us right by again and again and again and again kinda like you know roadkill on the 195 right we're not looking out for it it's gonna be right there we're gonna go by it again and again and again but once we identify it once we look for it and we pick up on it you can't not see it anymore you can't ignore it and it mammish bites us on the nose like kinda like roadkill that jumps into your car and bites you on the nose okay so we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna look at this, we're gonna we're gonna I point this out everybody's um I guarantee you, once we all identify this together, it's impossible to unsee it, it's impossible to not see it anymore. And it's so interesting because it's the kind of thing that, 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 that you know, we'll ask ourselves how how do we never pick up on this? But it's right there and, and when you when you're not looking for it, we breeze right by it countless times. And what, what I'm referring to is the following. There's a theme that runs through the machis, but it's not limited to the machis. We'll see perhaps up other places in the Torah also, that whenever we're talking about the machis, bring the machis and the destruction of Mitzrayim, and really the whole of the marechas of the system of the Gallus the and the Gula, the 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 exile and the exodus from Egypt through the lenses of the Maccus and through the all the calamities that befall Mitzrayim what we see again and again and again and again is that we talk at the, about the Makis and many other things that happen in Egypt as happening on three levels everything happens on three levels and it's the same three levels again and again and again and again the Makis are being meted out on three levels the havoc and the chaos in Mitzrayim is affecting three levels Moshe's mission is happening on three levels what are those three levels? paroi, his avadim and his orets and let's look at this all together and see just how many places the Torah speaks it to out this is going to happen to paroi, to his servants in his entire land to paroi, in his servants in his entire land to paroi, to his servants and his, his entire land so there's many many places where you have paru. and the servants mentioned without his land, but that's also already interesting um, in the beginning of paroi ki ani as liboi Veslev Avodov. Avodov. This is page 177. If you have the Ivaris one over here that Yaisov brought from me, it's the beginning of Parshish B'ayi. Yes, Perak So everybody knows, you ask, stop anyone on the street. And you ask them, whose heart did Hashem harden, in? in? Egypt, they oh, Pyro's heart, of course. Pyro's heart. So that's true, but the Torah says explicitly, it was more than just Paro. Hashem hardened power's heart and the heart of his servants also, and that's not just. That's not the first time we see this. It's not just in the beginning of Bo. Um, look at the end of Eira. The end of Eira, Pesach Lamed. That, um, Moshe is speaking to, to the to the Paro, and he tells him, of I'm going to damn to Hashem. Hakelus I'm going to stop the thunder, etc.'" You and your servants have not yet become fearful of God. So again, we mentioned Paro and his servants. So here we see it's not just Paro, it's Paro and his servants, and Hashem is actually hardening um, the, 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 the hearts of Paro and his servants. Look, look at the second to last positive parts. Again, again his heart and the heart of his servants is hardened. This is Nochambol. Again, we see it's not just Paro. It's Paro and his servants. And and that goes against common knowledge. Everybody knows that it was Paro that's hardening his heart. You stop anyone on the street, you stop any kid on the street, any kid in Cheder. any kid in... Politz... Yeshiva. And you ask them, whose heart got hard... Or Politz Hebrew Academy. Stop any kid anywhere. Either one of those two institutions. And you ask them... Whose heart got hardened at the time? They'll tell you Paro, Paro, Paro. Anyone else? No, no, it was Paro. Anyone else? You sure? Yes, it was just Paro. It's Mefurish from the end of the beginning of boy that is Paro and is Abodim, whose hearts got hardened. Interesting. That, that Let's look now at this, at this, at this trebling, this tripling over here of who the Makos are affecting. And this again, Rabbi Sai, we can't go through all the examples because they're are they're, they're numerous. But look at the beginning of boy now. The beginning of boy boy starts off with Arbe the plague of the locusts. Now look at Pasuk Vav. Perik Yod Pasuk Vav, the beginning of Vay. So the grasshoppers will swarm. U'molubatech, they're going to fill up your house. Ubate kol they're going to fill up the house of your servants. Ubate kol mitzrayim, the houses of all of Egypt. You, your servants in Egypt. You, your servants in Egypt. Okay? Um, well, let's find some more places where we see, where we see this. Um, uh okay let's let's skip around a little bit uh let's look here in buy let's get back to buy we see there's a lot of this in boat. i'm sorry in a row in a row um Here, This is by Borod. Um, Keep I'm gonna send. I'm gonna says I'm gonna pull it all out. I'm, I'm I'm letting you guys have it. You're gonna get Baru Uva Uva You, your servants, and your nation. So again, we have that the, those three areas. Those, those, those three levels over here. Paro, Huzavodim, and the entire Eretz Mitzrayim. Um, <clears throat> well, let's pull out one more, let's yank out one more. Again, if you go through the parishes of Rabbi you see it's a lot more than the amount of times we're quoting it, but in the interest of time, we're not going to go through all of them. Um, here, look at this one. Here's Dever. Look at Dever. Perak, Chaz, Pasik, Tazayin. Is page one seventy two? If you have the blue, one, the the Ivers one, Matt Ivers, Loshna <laughs> Kaitish went along. With yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that was me. Anyway, yeah, that was you. Periches <laughs> Pazik Tazayin. Vayemr Hashem um, Amoisha Hashgaim B'Abaykav Is <laughs> Yatzel Lufnei Faroy. This is before Dever. I'm sorry, Alroy. Hina Yatzamaima Vomarzo Elav Kaya Mar Hashem Shalach Ami Biavduni. Kimeinchem Shaleich Hazam. If you don't let him go, Hina didn't even b'cha. I'm going to send to you, your servants, and your nation. Again, who is getting? All right, you, your servants, and your nation. Every Makkah. You, your servants, and your nation. You, your servants, and your nation. You, your Avadim, and, and Eretz Mitzrayim. You guys can go through the rest of the parashat on your own see. Almost invariably and unfailingly, every Makkah has this three-fold and three-level like, uh, delivery from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that it's happening on three different fronts. It's affecting you, it's affecting your Abadim, and it's affecting Mitzrayim. What's Pshat, what's pshat in, in the term being quite clear that the Makas are happening on three fronts? It, it seems that there was some kind of purpose and necessity for the makas to to recognize three different areas. But well, what's the significance of what is paro what's his Avadim and what's mitzrayim and we can also ask i mean if we're breaking it up like that what exactly did mitzrayim do wrong right it was really paro's the one who is who is uh, having it out with the Avadim, no we see the Avadim, they're hardening their hearts at times they argue in the beginning of boy, they argue with the power party gotta let these people go already they start to rebel they start to speak up and out uh, against paro and paro calls and iron back if we're if we're if we're if we're creating the the nation of Egypt, the Eretz of Eretz Mitzrayim, as a separate front that's getting the Makkah separately, what indeed did they do wrong? Why are they deserving of the Makkah? But the the bigger question, when we zoom all the way back, is what are these three areas? What's Paro, his Avadim, and his and his land and his land? It one thing is clear again that the Makkahs have to show up in three different areas. But what's the significance of these three categories? I, I want to show you guys the 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 uh, the HaKulon over here. That something definitely is up. We're definitely onto something, and recognizing that the Torah kes and constantly creates three categories. You know where this also pops up. This is a theme that runs through not just the Makkas, not through Mitzrayim. This is a theme that runs through the entire Torah. The Torah itself wraps up with this idea. The Torah concludes Hamishachum Shait Torah with this idea of again breaking the the yetziasana shrine into something that happened on three levels three fronts and three categories look at the end of the zeissab racha Rabbi side this is a eye-popping jaw-dropping pasuk over here now that we have set things up and now that we have you know picked up on, on ideas and identified things over here look all the way at the others again if you have the lashon page 596 if you don't have it, it's the page one thousand one hundred and twenty-four. Okay. Let's read the last three psukim of the Torah together, at least starting from the third to the last pasuk. Pasuku v'leikam navi There never arose a prophet in 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 klai yisrael like Moshe who knew Hashem face to face. L'chol all the signs and the wonders Hashem shulochay Hashem that Hashem sent him lasoys. Aretz of Mitzrayim is referring to the makas, right? All the makas, the, the the amazing makas that Moesha performed in Mitzrayim, and who did he perform them to? Lefaroi uluchol avodah uluchol artzai. Said Paro to his avodim and to his aretz. So that we, we, even at the very end of the we still have to throw this out there. We still have to mention this breakdown of the three categories. Something is definitely up over here. Something is up that the whole Yitzhi Ryan, the system this time had to happen on three fronts, had to recognize three categories, and it comes up all the way at the end of the Torah also. And again, ti Rabbi Yisai, once you've seen this, you can't unsee it. You're going to see this now everywhere. Through the rest of Va, you go back and look at Va, Look, at, go back at Shemois, this bites you on the nose. It's going to mamish something that's impossible to ignore over here. So, what's going on? What exactly is going on? What's the turd what's the trying to point at us? What's this emphasis? What's the significance of these three categories? Paro, his servants, and his land. It's the idea is like this. Ideas like this. Let's go back to Paro himself. Everything clearly and obviously does start with Paro. We address Paro. When we try to get the out of shrine, we don't go to his servants. We don't say to power servants, "Could you let the Yidden go?" Or "Could you put in a good word to power to let the Yidden go?" We don't. We don't start with the servants. We don't start with the nation either. We don't go to we don't go to to the the Mitzriim. and Aaron didn't go into the Mitzrayim to try to start a campaign. Could you please lobby? Could you lobby the government? Could you please petition on our behalf? Could you sign this petition? We're trying to collect five million signatures from the citizens of Egypt to let the Jews go. We could have done that, right? We could have petitioned the Egyptians. we could have gone to the congressmen themselves to the to the Abo, the, the inner cabinet, and asked them to try to use their clout and their leverage to get the y out. But no Boish and Aaron the entire time we're going to Paro Shalahami the Abduni Shaami, the Abduni Paro, you let the y out. Our the, the bone that we're picking is with Paro. The confrontations are with Paro. the address that we want is Paro. Why is that? So, one thing that emerges and comes very, becomes very clear throughout the, 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 the um, Seder Parashius over here is that it's not just that the confrontations with Paro, it's not just that our issues are with Paro but Paro is the one that has to be toppled. Paro is the one that has to be taken down. And Yedziah's Mitzrayim isn't just about the Yidden walking out of Egypt. There's something very deep going on over here. Yedziah's Mitzrayim is not just about releasing the Jews. It's not just about transplanting the Yidden from one land, one geographic location to another geographic location. If that's all it was about, Rabbi Sayy, then yes, we can do it through a political maneuvering you can do do it through petitioning, petitioning, through lobbying, through writing to your local congressman. Good luck, right? We could we could do it through all of the above, if it was just about transplanting the, inn, getting the inn from point A to point B. But Yitzhak's time is not at all about that. Yitzhak's time is about going head to head with Paro. That's really what ETS Mitzrayim is about. And it's about a head-to-head clash of horns with Paro, and it's about a struggle with Paro, and it's about Paro ultimately needing to submit to Hashem Himself. If Paro doesn't submit to the Riba Insheloylem, if Paro refuses to let us go, we haven't really had ETS Mitzrayim. We left geographically, but we didn't leave Mitzrayim, because Mitzrayim still exists, and Mitzrayim still has a hold, over us and over humanity. What does that mean? What does that mean? There's a, a clash and a, a tug of war, let's say, and a battle between, from Paro's perspective, between Paro and the Rebba, Yishalayim himself. Paro decides to challenge God himself. How do you challenge God? Oh, you can try to make a tower that goes all the way up to the heavens and try to depose god that was tried already humanity tried that didn't end very well there's another way of challenging god you can declare yourself a god also you can declare yourself a god and you can have a system built around you the same way there's a system built around the kodesh La lahabdil You can declare yourself a god, and as a god, you can create an infrastructure that every god deserves. And this is essentially what Paro does. Paro is in the business of declaring himself a god. Rashi tells us this This is why he has to make those trips to the Nile every morning. What? To relieve himself, yes? Okay, we'll say it. Paro was in denial on many levels, Rabbi Sai. And he was in denial of his own mortality, humanity, and that's what brought him to a denial. He he needed he believed that he was a god. And the inconvenience of you know, gods don't use the restroom. It's not something that God needs to do. So he took care of his business every morning in the or in the Nile River. And that's when Moshe went out to confront him and said knew where to find him. That's where he was hanging out every morning. And, you know, every year I ask my kids this question. Sometimes they remember the answer, sometimes they don't remember the answer. How did Moshe know? Had did, did Moshe not attack when he finds Power in the river? How did they know that, that Power wasn't just bathing, that Power was taking care of his needs there in the river? You know how they knew? Because Power was there, he had a Mishpacha magazine. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's how they knew Rabbi side. Okay, that was the giveaway. That was the giveaway. <laughs> anyway, the or the circle magazine, you know, maybe it was the circle. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, anyway, um, Paro declared himself a god. We had this in the, in the Haftar in Parashat Mos. Leah <laughs> Yeor v'ani The Nile's mine, and I, I. Leah Yeor. V'ani asisini. I, I've made everything. This is all the product of my making. Paro declares himself a god. He has he has uh, a god complex. That's really what he has. And... This is on a very deep level intrinsically and inextricably linked to his refusal to let the yidn go free. How so? Why is it that Paro's conviction that he that he's a god. Paras believe that he's a god. Connected to his refusal to let the yidn go free. But there is a connection over here. And let's explore that together. We may find some very interesting things emerging. But before that, what you see clearly, again, we have it in the Torah the power believes he's a god, Rashi says he believes he's a god, and in Az Yashir, we Hashem says, Ashir la, we, the Klayso says, Ashir la Hashem ki ga'i gaa. Yi ga'a. We shall sing at Hashem, ki Ga'oi ga. Hashem is Ga'oi ga. Hashem is a gaiva. Has gaiva and gaiva. So what does Rashi say? What does Uncle say over there? What's What's the double lashon of gaiva? Hashem is prouder than the proudest. Hashem has more gaiva than the biggest bal gaiva. That means, referring to Paro. Paro made himself the biggest bal gaiva. Is the guy with the god complex, right? The person that thinks he's the rebinder That's the biggest bal gaiva. That the Gemar Soita says that what does Hashem tell about gaiva? There isn't enough room in this universe for the both of us, for the two of us. Absolutely. The Gemara says a Baal Gaiva pushes away the Shekhinah. A Baal Gaiva pushes the Shekhinah out of this world because a Baal Gaiva ultimately feels that he is self-sufficient, he's perfect, he can't be imperfect. That's what every Baal Gaiva feels. It's impossible for him to be wrong. Right? People that cannot apologize, people that cannot say I'm sorry, people that can't admit fault. There's the God conflict going on over there. There is an, that's a Baal, Gaiva, a Baal Gaiva who believes that he's always right. He cannot be perfect. He pushes the screen away because there's only one entity that is impossible of imperfection, and that's our God. Baruch Hu, right? The Rebushan, by definition cannot be imperfect. The Rebushan, by definition is self-sufficient. The Rebushan, by definition cannot make mistakes. He can't make mistakes. Can Hashem make a mistake even if he wants to? No. no of course he can't. Boy, of why course why he not? can't. And the, that that's right. That's <laughs> those, those are the silly apikorosish questions, right? Can I can the happy person that stop you on the street? We've we gone through this so many times. Can a baruch Hu make a bowl of chalent that he can't eat? Yeah. <laughs> no, he can't. No. <laughs> 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 because to make a bowl of challent that he can't eat would be imperfection, right? Can a baruch Hu make a mistake? No, he can't make mistakes. That's how perfect he is. Right? But those are the silly questions that silly people like to ask, right? But but ribashim is the only entity that can't be imperfect, and therefore the baal Gaivah who feels that he is a source of perfection, he pushes the Shekhin out of this world because there's only room for one God. There can't be more than one to re- re- be By that definition, Kashvarah is something that there can only be one of. <laughs> uh, huh? uh, steer. you want to share, I can make I can make room on my chair. No, no, it's okay. Okay. Be good. He's small. I can get another chair. Is the chair there? It's okay. Oh, right there? Oh, perfect. Did somebody see? All right, very Look at that. That was waiting for you. He even saved some shalom for you over there. I see. Okay. No, um, oh, very good. He pushes the wow. Yud-K. pushes the out of you. That's amazing. What a half-love fellow. Okay. So ki He sees this was about showing Paro primarily that that he's not God. That's really what he sees. This is about showing Paro that he's not God, and showing the world that he's not God, and showing Kli that he's not God. Kalais was lived for 210 years under someone who has a God complex, and for there to be a Yitzya from Mitzrayim, the bastion of this God complex, of this co- competition with Rebbi has to yield and has to submit to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's why we're dealing with power the whole time. That's why we don't just take the into Eretz Kanan. It Would be so easy for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to do that. Shalach Ami Abduni, We have to keep working with power, negotiating with power, because Paro has to. Submit himself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. he has to admit that he's not a god, and he has to admit to the Enoid then we had a Yetziah from Mitzrayim, then Mitzrayim has yielded to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. that's what we need. Now, until that happens, Paro, again, is holding out against HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a god, and in this epic, epic clash with HaKadosh Baruch Hu as to him professing and claiming still to be a god. A god comes with a system. Not easy to be a god. You have to know how to be a god. That's right. Sounds, sounds, sounds good. Right. Okay. Yes. I guess so. But, but but um, a god needs a system. If you want to lock horns with the Rebbeinu Shalom, if you want to fight Hashem, you need to. You, know, you want to claim. You claim to be a god. Well, so where's your, where's your system of godliness? What does that mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one and only God with a capital G. Hashem comes with a system. With a, an objective. There's an objective behind Hashem's godliness. An objective that shows up in the world behind Hashem's godliness. What's that objective? The answer to that question is the answer to another question, which is, if Hashem is indeed the source of perfection Hashem cannot be imperfect why is there a universe altogether? why did HaKadosh create a universe the answer is Hashem created a universe for there to be more Hashem it's a very deep idea but let's try to let's try to appreciate that idea let's savor that idea let's let it roll around a little bit Hashem creates a universe for there to be more Hashem anybody need another swig Hashem is so perfect, He wants us to share His perfection with others. He wants to share His perfection with humanity. He wants to share His perfection with something outside of Himself. And the only way to do this is to create a system outside of Himself, is to create a void, create a vacuum, create the possibility for there to be a lack of Hashem, create a possibility for people to do Averis, create Bechira, and then to come and to reveal Himself and manifest Himself in that void nevertheless. Hashem creates a world for there to be more Hashem. Everybody got that? That is Hashem is so perfect and so amazing, the best thing is if there could be more of that, more of Hashem. So, that requires immediately a world. In Aretz, there's going to be a Hashem, and there's an objective for Hashem to reveal himself, there will be more Hashem, there has to be an Aretz on the receiving end. When there's a Hashem at the beginning of creation, at the source of creation, and there's an Aretz, a land on the receiving end where there can be more Hashem, and again, that's the goal of our existence. That's the goal of the world's existence: is that there should be more Hashem. It, it, you know, it's important in Yiddishkeit to have like pithy points of of truth, pithy points of truth, of non-platitudes that we can pocket, pithy, pithy, pocketable points of perfection of truth. One of these Yiddishkeit is about having kolom, having principles. Okay? Picky... uh, Packable pity um, principles. Okay? One of those principles is if someone wants to know what's really the purpose of of life, why are any of us here? We're here, we're all here to make more Hashem. We're here so there should be more Hashem. We're here so there should be more, so really every waking moment, we should ask ourselves, am I right now, am I making more Hashem? Or am I I making less Hashem? That's really, from a certain perspective, part of the point of existence. Make more Hashem, not less Hashem. There's Hashem. And there's a world, the objective world is that there should be more Hashem. That's the Ares. Now, there's such a vast gap between Hashem, who's the source of creation, who's the creator, and creation, which is finite, and the infinite, that there has to... The moment there's a Hashem, who's infinite, who's the the, 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 the source and the, 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 the most grand entity, and above and removed from all creation, and creation which is really as far as the ways that you can get from Hashem, which has to be filled up with Hashem, there has to be something to bridge the gap between the finite and the infinite. Everybody with me? Yes. What bridges that gap? Hashem's shluchim, Hashem's emissaries. Who are Hashem's shluchim? The Ma'lachim and Kala Yisrael. There are myriad levels of Ma'lachim, 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 O'ilamus, 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 between Hashem at the very source of creation and this world down here at the very bottom of creation. And we ourselves, as Yidden, we're we're also involved in the shlichus prad, pr- process. The reason why there have to be shlichim is to carry out Hashem's will, to effect Hashem's will. Because there has to be some way of bridging the gap between the infinite and the finite. Everybody with me? So that's the system of God. When there's a God, a capital, a capital G, the rebuyin shelaylam, He has an objective, and that's to fill the world with more Hashem, godliness, and there has to be a system. To bridge the gap, to, 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 to manage this relationship between Hashem and the universe, to make sure that the universe is going to be correctly manifesting Hashemness. And those are the emissaries, those are the agents, that's the malachim, and that's us in between Hashem, bridging the gap of the infinite and the finite. So far, so good. Do we all get that? Yes. Deep ideas, but hopefully they're, they're, they're more or less um, being pocketed and processed, yes? This is Hashem and Hashem's land and Hashem's Avadim in between. Ribanshem, Avadab, the All three. We have Hashem, who has a vision, has a plan. The Aretz, where that plan is realized is more Hashem. And all the Avadim, all the emissaries, the Shluchim, the agents in between that bring that plan out. Paro says, Rebanishem, you're not the only God in this universe. I'm a God too. And as such, I also I get it. I understand what it means to be a god. There's me, and there's an Arez, and there's Avadim. And Paro, in his com- competition with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he says the same thing, Parodik. Eretz Mitzrayim is here, so there should be more Paro. There should be more Paro. That's what Mitzrayim is here for. And to make more Paro, I need Avadim. And all my Avadim are there to carry out my Ratan. To, to, to make more Paro in Mitzrayim. And that's what Mitzrayim is all about as opposed to other countries, other nations are not necessarily there to make more of this leader, more of this leader. They, they maybe are, you know, have varying degrees of success in how they're being run, but when it's not Paro that's running it, when it's not someone who has a God complex, it's someone who's trying to run a successful country. When it's a Paro with a God complex, then the point of Mitzrayim is that there should be more Paro. There should be more Paro. Everybody with me? So the entire heiress of Mitzrayim is there, so there should be more paro. A warped and twisted version of the fact that this entire universe is there for there to be more Hashem. When there's more Hashem, that's the best thing, because Hashem is perfection, Hashem is type. Hashem is cool, Hashem is incapable of being anything but type. So that's what we want, it's more Hashem, more type. Paro is anything but that. Paro is Ra. And when there's more paro, there's more Ra. But that's what paro wants from Mitzrayim. And paro's avodim are that system to carry out the will to apply, extract, and carry out the will of power to the entire Mitzrayim. Yetzias Mitzrayim isn't just about removing the Jews geographically and relocating, transplant them, trans- transplanting them geographically. It's about bringing down Paro and his reign of, of, of Krumkite. His reign of Krumkite, his competition with HaKarosh Baruch going head-to-head with the Shalom and challenging Hashem Himself. We have to have Yitzias Mitzrayim. We have to get rid of Mitzrayim. And the only way to do that is again to, for power to yield. And the only way to do that is to show Paro and everyone clearly that we're replacing Paro's empire with Hashem's empire and everything that Paro's trying to do. In his lowercase godliness, through, bring more Paro to Eretz rhyme through his avadim. No, it's really the of Sholeilam. Through Hashem's avadim. ha'aretz, the Psukim says so many times in the Maccas, ki ani Hashem v'keriv ha'aretz. I'm the only God in the land as opposed to you, power that you want to make more Paro in the land. This is why Paro adamantly refuses again and again and again to let the Yidin free, to let the Yidin go. Because when there's less Yidin in Mitzrayim, what's the problem? When there's less Yidin in Mitzrayim, there's less people in Mitzrayim. When there's less people in Mitzrayim, there's less... What? Par. Less Paro in Mitzrayim, excellent. Ah, you got it! Everybody else get it? There's less Yidin in Mitzrayim, there's less people in Mitzrayim, there's less Paro in Mitzrayim! Half of a fellow, imagine that, but that's where power's coming from. I can't have less people here, because if there's less people, here, there's less Paro here. And the Evanishim coming to say, No, the only entity that is really here in this land is me because the world's created it's for me to be in the arts, not you, Pyro. This is why we find again and again and again that the Makkas are against Pyro because it's about replacing Pyro with Akash It's about recognizing, showing everyone how far Pyro went in his God complex. He warped and twisted himself, his Avodim and his Arts in trying to make. The whole system, a system of propagating and proliferating paro. And that's why, again, it shows up all the way to the Zeiss You still find this, because that was the whole point of Yitzhak yes, Masraim, was to replace pyro system of godness with the Koshbaraku system of godness. And this is why paro doesn't want to let the Yin go. And this is, by the way, you know, it's something for us to keep an eye on. Like I said, not all countries are being run by a paro, but there are countries that could be run by a paro also. Someone who Feels that the country is there just for there to be more of me, more of the leader. That's a power complex. That's replacing the rebbeishem with yourself, and that always ends in Hakadosh Baruch marching in and showing you that you're very, very, very wrong. Okay, Rabbi so said that's the of The power shop. There's a lot, a lot of yisoy. a lot of chazur over here. once you to have a wonderful gevul Gashab. Thank you all for joining. L'chaim toivim l'shalom. Right. Should only hear it. good to basur, this coming week and all weeks. Amen.